0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666.
3: Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
2: Salakana back on the fan as we welcome in Joe DiMeo right now. We had him on, uh, I think it was last season. Uh, was it last season, Joe, that we had John? It doesn't feel like that long ago, but that uh, feels like a while ago now, right?
1: Yeah, it's been a while. I, I want to say it was around the trade deadline time because I remember you asking me if I would trade Francisco Alvarez in the deal for Juan Soto, and you were stunned that I said yes. Yeah.
2: yeah, all right. And, you know, obviously the Mets were never going to get uh, Soto at the time where, you know, the Nats yeah. weren't going to be looking to get him. And now we could talk about that moving forward with Otani, although the Mets kind of shot that down in the offseason saying they wouldn't be making a big deal. Anyway, he is Joe DiMeo, co host of the Mets pod for uh, SNY. TV. And let's start with Alvarez, Joe. Nobody knows the minor leagues for the Mets better than you do. We know this is out of necessity, not necessarily earned by Alvarez here. How do you feel about this kind of third opportunity for him? Last year, he kind of was thrown in the fire, didn't work, had an opportunity the spring to maybe steal the job, a la Volpe with the Yankees. He didn't. What do you think here of Alvarez right now getting the call up?
1: I think it's a great opportunity for him. And obviously with Narvaez out for an extended period of time I think uh, I I know I heard you guys talk about this on baseball night in New York as well if you're calling up Francisco Alvarez the guy's got to play nearly every day and I think from a defensive standpoint there has been growth Uh, I still think he needs to learn some more and that's I think that's why they intended to have him in AAA for a decent percentage of the season I don't think you know, like Brett Beatty's is a guy I'm sure we'll get to, but he was someone I think had a quicker uh, chance to get to Queens. Alvarez, obviously, at the point where necessity causes it. And sometimes trial by fire is a good thing. And sometimes you put guys in a spot where, you know, maybe you're looking to check every single box on the player development card, just like, okay, this is right, this is right. Sometimes you call up a maybe not, Fully complete product, but the positives are potentially so great. Um, In an offense that right now and even dating back to last last year, because I can tell you all the good things they did offensively. They were second in average, second in on base, sixth in OPS, sixth in runs scored. They were 15th in home runs. And they did really nothing to address the power this offseason. Francisco Alvarez, if there's one trait he's going to bring, he's going to bring power. Uh, he hits the ball. I mean, the batted ball data for him is comparable to Pete Alonzo, like this is a guy that knows how to barrel the ball. He can he has power to all fields um, He still needs some work on a little bit of the pitch selection. You'll see his strikeout rate's gonna be a little high, but you know overall, I think it's an exciting move for the Mets, and like you guys said, they got to get him in the lineup it It sounds like he may not start tomorrow, which is a little bit of a bummer. But I think you're going to see a lot of Francisco Alvarez. And uh, if he's able to show growth defensively and continue um, his grow growing offensively, um, he'll be here for good.
2: How did you feel, Joe, about Alvarez? I know he had a disappointing spring, certainly offensively. Yeah. How did you feel about Alvarez and his defense? Because remember, that was the big question mark. Oh, his defense is not ready. His defense is not ready. He's going to have to be yeah. a solid def- He's got a, a rocket for an arm. He's going to have to be a solid defensive catcher here. With the staff, if he's going to stick in the big leagues, how do you feel about the development of his defense and where we're at with that right now?
1: Come a long way. I mean, this is a guy that he is, like, we forget that he is 21 years old. And if you go and you look back, the amount of catchers that make the major leagues at 21 years old, it's a very, very short list. Um, So he's made a lot of growth in a quick period of time. Still think he needs some work on balls in the dirt. You saw a little bit, a little bit of that in spring training. Um, but overall, receiving, from what I've heard from down in AAA, pitchers like throwing to him. Um, he has a good relationship with the pitchers. He he's good with game planning. He's really focused on improving his English, which I think just helps just overall from a communication standpoint. And like you said, the rocket arm is really what is his best defensive trait. Never going to win gold glove back there. He's never going to be out of your Molina. He's never going to be one of those guys. But I don't think, you know, we're looking at to keep a New York perspective. I don't think we're looking at a Gary Sanchez that is just incompetent behind the plate. He just needs a little work, and that work now is unfortunately going to be under the brighter lights. But, you know, sometimes that, sometimes that gets a guy going. So I, I feel confident that he's going to be fine defensively he's really going to be but he's going to be an offensive first catcher going
2: forward. Yeah, and obviously that's what they need uh, right now uh, to your point. Last one on Alvarez here before we move on to the rest of the Mets and some of the other prospects. We're talking with Joe DeMeo at PSL to Flushing on Twitter. He is co-host of the Mets Pod on SNY TV. Do you think Alvarez will see the minor leagues again because I was saying this Joe there's a chance here if he takes advantage of this opportunity and becomes what the player that we expect the hype and all that stuff he becomes that player he may never see the minors again do you think that this could be the sticking point for Alvarez
1: I think this could be it
2: I think he has every opportunity to make this it because
1: with with Narvaez being out so long I think He really has that chance. If Narvaez was going on the 15-day IL and they're like, he'll might he miss just two weeks and be back, they might have added Michael Perez to the 40-man roster and called him up and just had him back up Nito for a couple weeks. But given we're looking at a lengthy opportunity here, I think there's a very good chance Alvarez takes this job and runs with it. And two months from now, eight, ten weeks from now, you figure out what the roster situation is if – you have to carry three catchers, you have to carry three catchers, right? So um, I think it it definitely adds a layer to what the roster will be down the road. But I don't think the Mets would plan to call up Alvarez, and if he performs, send him back down just because he has minor league options, and they don't want to carry three catchers.
2: Right. If he's that's I'm, We're on the same page here. If he's hitting and doing what he's supposed to do, they're not sending him down. That's it. He may be here yep. for good. So that's what I was kind of saying to start the show. This could be a huge – this is a big series for the Mets this year. I mean, you want to get things off to a good start here, right the ship, but also because it could be the beginning of Francisco Alvarez. How about Brett Beatty? And we know he's dealing with the issue with his thumb day-to-day. Fortunately, it wasn't uh, that bad, although it was the same thumb – that he had surgery on last year. Are you concerned about the thumb? And then when do you think we could expect to see Beatty up with the big club?
1: I was concerned. Um, like you said, that was uh he tore the UCL on his thumb, which um I didn't really exactly know there's a UCL in your thumb and your elbow, but uh he tore the UCL in his thumb last year, had surgery on it, and uh it it looked at the moment almost like he got jammed or something and it was cold, and he was just shaking it out. But then we start holding it; comes out of the game. So I was concerned. Sounds like he's good. There's just a little inflammation, and uh, he might actually be back in the lineup on Friday for Syracuse. So it seems like it's that short term of a of a deal.
2: And then Val, wh- yeah. when, when do you think we could? I mean, are you going to give Escobar a long leash here? How would you handle the Beatty situation,
1: Sal, I I wrote it on Sny when I did my prospect list. I talked about it on. The Mets pod tweeted about it. Brett Beatty should have been the opening day third baseman. I thought it was an error by the Mets. Uh, just I don't I don't believe in just necessarily heeding to a veteran just because he is a veteran. Uh, Escobar struggled in the World Baseball Classic, came back, struggled in spring training. He struggled for almost all of last year. If we're being honest, he just turned it on at the end of the year. And Beatty did exactly what he needed to do when when Escobar was away, performed offensively, showed flashes defensively that we hadn't seen prior. Um, it's a high work ethic thing. I would not have a long leash with Escobar, and the Mets don't seem to be either. I mean, Giarme has played, I believe, the last two games against right-handers, so Escobar's already kind of getting put into that platoon situation anyway. For me, you know, I would maybe if you want to give Baby a couple more weeks or whatever, that's fine, but I think Beatty should have been an open day roster, and in my opinion, he should be here soon. And if you want to give him some days off against tough lefties, and Escobar has historically hit left-handed pitching, that's okay with me. But I think Beatty and Alvarez should hopefully be up with the team both, I'd say, hopefully by the end of this month. Like, I I wouldn't have a leash because I think Beatty is ready offensively and he's wasting his time down in Syracuse.
2: How about a couple others, Joe? We're talking with Joe DiMeo, Mets pod, co-host of Mets pod for SNY TV. How about Mauricio? You look at what he could do. How about Vientos? Do you expect – And Vientos, I think, homered yesterday too. I thought for sure with the DFA of Darren Roth that Vientos would be on the roster, but he's not. How do you see the future of both those two guys playing out?
1: Mauricio is probably the guy that I had been the lowest on amongst the prospect community, I guess you'd call us. Uh, I, I just, the plate discipline is a, is, a, is a bit of a problem for me. And it really hasn't made significant strides. Uh, but on further review and talking to more people that watch him play on a day-to-day basis and watching myself on MILB TV, you're seeing his, pitch selection to get a little better he's never going to draw walks it's just not his thing but you know who else never drew walks Javi Baez and I think Ronnie Mauricio could have an offensive profile similar to that of Baez Uh, he's really filled into his frame the power is legitimate he turned 22 on Tuesday and since Tuesday he's hit three home runs and a triple Hmm. Uh, so he's he won the Dominican Winter League MVP. This is a guy that at one point was a top 50 prospect in baseball, and then his stock kind of has plummeted a bit, and he's really not on top 100 list anymore. But I think, I think the arrow is pointing up on Ronnie Mauricio, and for me, I would love to put him in the outfield. Uh, I think he has some athleticism, so I think he could handle left field um, he supposedly is more comfortable in the infield, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how they handle his defensive positioning going forward. And Mark Vientos is kind, like you said, with Darren Ruff, like he's a first baseman, in DH. That's what he is.
2: Right, but uh, are these baby, guys like Mauricio? Do you expect to see him with the big club at all this year?
1: uh maybe, maybe late in the year, but uh, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't think too soon, because he's still playing shortstop. So if he's going to play a different position, uh, he needs to start playing it. Yeah, you know? I mean, he,
2: he, they're moving yeah. him to the outfield eventually, just a matter of time, and there's no, it just yeah. makes too much sense. So forget Mauricio then, as far as the Major League team goes, and then yeah. Vientos. Like, if Vientos right now, Joe, is not with this club, what, what what's his value? I mean, what, where's he? If he can't make the roster now, what, what, is he going to be on the roster at all, or are they going to just use him as a trade chip? What's the issue with him, I guess? So, for me,
1: I I, I think
2: it, it, it's very weird. I
1: was talking last year for a month to call up Mark Vientos to give a look at him as the right-handed designated hitter. So that way you don't have to make a trade at the deadline or at least, or at least give yourself a look at somebody and decide if you need to, they didn't give him a look. They traded for Darren Ruff. that worked out horribly. Um, but Vientos for me, I think fits that first base DH role he really crushes left-handed pitching. Uh, swing and miss is a bit much, but to me, I think I think he's pretty much big league ready offensively. I think the way they have it now is they gave Tommy Pham the six million dollars with the idea of him being the backup outfielder, and then when Darren Ruff uh, obviously continued to, to flounder, to kind of bounce him out, Pham was going to take a bit of the uh right-handed DH role, so they didn't want to focus on him as the only outfielder. Now we've seen Tim LaCastro on the team just get hit by pitches and run the bases. So I think Vientos has a spot. Just It's going to be interesting to see, and I, I do wonder how the Mets feel about him because of how he was handled last year. And even when they called him up, they barely used him, and he, ha- and he didn't make the team despite a, a pretty decent spring. And I, I do wonder what their long term thoughts are on Vientos.
2: Yeah, I mean he's gotta be here now if he can contribute offensively, even as a right-handed DH. So it makes me wonder, you know, when, once Ruff went down, I get that Lacascio's got some different value to a ball club. But my goodness, I mean they need offense. If he's he's either gonna be major league ready or he's not. Like let's make a decision on Vientos. We're talking with Joe DeMeo, co host of the Mets pod for SNY TV. Uh, at PSL to Flushing uh, is the Twitter handle. Great with the prospects, and obviously knows the Mets inside and out. How about the current Mets now, Joe? Forget about the you know the prospects and when they're getting called up here. Not a great start, obviously getting swept in Milwaukee. They didn't get swept at all last year until September. How are you feeling overall about this team? Where is your biggest area of concern?
1: So I am largely a pretty patient guy. So I'm not freaking out per se. Milwaukee hit like the 27 Yankees against them, and like just everyone was hitting home runs, and the offense didn't show up for a couple games. I think the offense is going to be okay. Um, like the stats I dropped kind of at the beginning of this, like it's the same offense of last year that was largely productive, and then once Starling Marte went down, you saw the offense really kind of fall apart. So their depth is a bit of an issue, uh, but I think the offense will be okay. My concerns on the pitching side. Uh, They already have nine pitchers on the injured list, uh, including, obviously, Justin Verlander and Jose Quintana and then Edwin Diaz and and some relievers. And until they claimed Edwin Yuseta off waivers today, they didn't have a healthy reliever on their 40-man roster that wasn't on the big league team already. Hmm. And they had built significant bullpen depth. It was one of the things over the last two months on the Mets pod, I've been kind of hyping up the bullpen depth. It just all gotten hurt and then when you look at the performance carlos carrasco was of most concern to me um the stuff was just not there it, he couldn't handle the pitch clock his velocity was down a pretty significant level I, I was surprised that they came out of that game and said he was okay so i mean this is a guy that averaged 92 to 94 on his fastball last year and he was 88 89 that's the very big drop so i was surprised he was deemed okay, so I'm interested to see his next start, and who knows why it was a drop, but we'll see if that velocity's back in his next start. And they need Max Scherzer
2: to pitch like Mm. an ace. Um, well, that's the not- thing. I mean, do, yeah. do you think Scherzer is ever going to get back to... I mean, look, the, the talk last year was, of course, that he got hurt. He, he wasn't healthy in the Atlanta starters against San Diego. But now we're seeing him, uh, you know, get tattooed against Milwaukee in the second start of the year. This after giving up a game-tying tour on Homer to Cooper to, uh, before leaving the game in his first start of the year. Dude, if he's not pitching like an ace, they're toast. And do you think he's going to be able to get back to that?
1: I do. I do think so. Uh, his... Stuff is on par with, through these two starts, his stuff is still on par with what it was last year, where he pitched like an ace up until the real end when I was at City Field and watching give up a touchdown to the Padres. Uh, but I think the stuff was there, the velocity was there, the stuff breaks. He is not locating so far through these first two starts. It's Especially Milwaukee, it's middle-middle, it's belt-high, Kind of putting these balls on a tee for these guys. Um, Miami, he was great for five innings. The first five innings, he looked like Ace Max Scherzer. So, I'm not worried yet, but I certainly understand people being so. And if this trend continues for a few more starts, I, I think my my uh, my tone can change. But for now, I still think Max Scherzer is going to be fine.
2: Last one for you, Joe. Um, the the pitching because of the way that they've invested in Scherzer and Verlander, and I get why they did it, and I back those decisions. I mean, I would have liked the team to be a little more balanced offensively, but still, I mean, I love building with the pitching, with Scherzer and Verlander, but it makes me think, you know, Verlander, of course, starts the year on the IL, and Scherzer not pitching uh, to to his dominant uh, standards. Who's next? Like, when you look ahead at this team, and I know they're trying to rebuild the whole thing and have sustained success throughout the minor leagues, you know the minor league system as well as anybody, do they have those young arms? We know about Beatty and Alvarez in, the, in a lineup potentially. Are there any young arms on the horizon that we could be looking at, whether it be you know next year, two years, what are the Mets going to do to fill their rotation in the event that Scherzer and Verlander aren't what they're supposed to be for the next two years?
1: Well, I would say imminently, not really. I mean, Jose Buteau is a guy that could fill in Right now, he could be, like, a potential back-end guy, maybe long reliever. Like, that's kind of how I project him going forward. Uh, but there are some interesting arms in the system that you're probably not going to see this year. Uh, but when you, when you look ahead to 2024, I think guys like Dom Hamill and Mike Vassell in AA, Dom Hamill was their third-rounder in the 2021 draft, I believe, and Mike Vassell was their eighth-rounder. And he's, he's one I'm actually... Uh, maybe a little higher on than a lot of people are. He was, when he was coming out of high school, he was a top 25 prospect in the country uh, for that draft class. But he pulled himself out of the draft, uh, decided to commit to the University of Virginia, and they kind of changed him into a sinker slider guy instead of a four-seam slider curveball guy. And the Mets shifted him back to that, and he's been up to 98. Uh, the stuff looks really good. He, sh- he should be starting this week. I'm um, sorry, at the beginning of next week for Binghamton and Hamill as well is in the Binghamton rotation. And then the, the top pitching prospect in the system right now is blade Tidwell, hmm. which sick name, um, <laughs> s- second rounder out of the university of Tennessee. They drafted him in, in this past draft. He was their second rounder. Um, this time last year, cause I do the draft as well for SNY. And this time last year, when I was, studying up on guys and watching college baseball for, to prepare for the Mets' picks. I thought he was a guy that probably would have gotten picked at 11 or 14, where the Mets had their two first-rounders. Um, he had some shoulder tendinitis, missed a couple months, and that kind of damaged his stock. The Mets grabbed him in the second round, and he looked fantastic in spring training, up to 98 miles an hour with a wipeout slider. So for me, he, those are three names I think to keep an eye on. That may not be a this-year thing, but starting next year, those guys can uh, really become on the
2: radar. Yeah, because it is a problem when you look at what's next for this rotation, which, again, leads to why they spend so much money on getting those two guys atop their rotation while they try to restock the farm, reload, build, and, and do this thing the right way from the ground floors up something we don't focus on necessarily uh on a daily basis cuz we're worried about the major league team but you know Cohen took over things are changing in the minor league system as well and yep. that's going to take years to see how it plays out you you think Joe the uh the NL East is over
1: the NL East is not over um but <laughs> I think uh I think it's it's good for you to to go uh, go on this side of the the thing after after everything transpired last year. No, don't
2: you be blaming me either, Joe. I don't want to hear any blame. That is not my fault. Blame your team that you grew up rooting for. Not my fault. You, of all people, too. You know, you and I would go back and forth because, oh, you're so negative. You're so negative. Then I get behind them. I'm the one who's saying the division's over, and now I can't. people blaming me for being too positive.
1: <laughs> it, it was not your fault, Sal. It Thank was you. not your fault. The Mets, uh, the Mets just crumbled there at the end, but the NLEs is not over. Still think the Mets are a really good team. A lot of things I think to look forward to. Seven games have occurred. There's 155 games left. (laughs) Five months of baseball. So Mets fans, I certainly understand the frustration. I understand wanting to get off to a hot start. Look at it this way. Remember how they had that hot start the year with Mickey Callaway. They've had some hot starts before and then floundered. So maybe, maybe it's just going to go the other way. They start off a little slow with the new rules, so many guys in the WBC. I feel good about the Mets, um, but they certainly need to stop having people get hurt. I think that would be a good start.
2: Yeah, sometimes just the the luck, the bad luck, is, is too much to overcome. Hopefully that's not the case. All right, Joe, we appreciate you a few minutes, man. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon.
1: You got it, I Appreciate
2: it. Joe DeMayo, co-host of the Mets pod for SNY-TV. You can catch out some columns as well, SNY.TV. And follow him on Twitter, at PSL2Flushing. we we'll back to your calls on the other side. Whatever it is you want to discuss on this Friday morning, Yankees certainly in the conversation. Anthony Volpe struggles. Are you worried about him? Gleyber Torres all of a sudden looking like an all-star again. Should we put him in the Yankee Hall of Fame? 877-337-6666. Mets, of course, open city field. Later on today, always a fun day. You know, Yankees had their moment. Where they open the season at home, so you have the home opener always special, regardless of what uh, you know how many games into the year it is. When you open at home, that's the you know official start to the season. Mets will do that later on this afternoon after having postponed their original home opener, uh, even though it was uh, beautiful out yesterday. And something that you might see tomorrow that you or today that you might not like at all: all the pageantry, all the celebration. All the festivities, but something we'll see tomorrow that you might not like. We'll get into that on the other side as well.
3: We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk, too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
2: of back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. So, Yankees playing Yankee-like baseball. Garrett Cole, dominant in his first two starts. Clay Torres playing like an all-star yet again. Judge hitting homers. Rizzo, LeMayu, the Yankees' main guys getting the job done, which is nice to see. They'll be back in action today in Baltimore, a place where they always hit. I actually look forward to these matchups this year. You know what I like? I like this new schedule a lot because you don't see too much of any one team. Even the Mets and Marlins, like, okay, they're going to get seven games here, you know, in the first 10 or whatever it is. And that's a little bit much, but, you know, you don't have to see the Marlins for a while. Yankees and Orioles 19 times, way too much. But now that it's not going to be that much, now I actually look forward to watching. The Yankees and Orioles. And always a nice setting at Camden. They still call it that. Always a nice setting there. And usually the Yankees rake, especially Glaber. Imagine he's off to a great start. Imagine what he's going to do in Baltimore. Anyway, looking forward to that game for, you know, the Yanks. And, you know, maybe Volpe can start getting going here offensively. Because if this starts to snowball, and we're still waiting on word with Josh Donaldson officially, don't know what the Yankees are going to do, you know, with this hamstring issue, they have to place him on the IL and potentially call um, Peraza up, or is it going to be Brito, who I love watching, uh, and he get the call up and make a start this weekend? We'll find out. But Volpe, if he doesn't get going, remember, fans were hyped about him more than anything else They're winning the job, all the storylines, and everything else. Volpe has struggled out of the gate here. This thing can't continue to snowball this way because then the Yankees are have to make a tough decision. Did so they send him down, try to regain his confidence? Not that it's the end of the world for the player, because I think he'll still be fine, but it could become an issue. So that's something to watch with the Yanks if the you know the record early on is maybe not something of concern, the way that it is with the Mets after getting swept and looking at what the Braves have done. But if you just focused on individuals for the Yankees, Volpe would be the top storyline there. We mentioned it uh, before the break as far as one thing that Mets fans will not be happy with what they see today, later uh, on opening day at Citi Field. The... Patch on the jerseys like dude I get it that there are going to be sponsors and this is the way that it is now you know you have it with the NBA you see these these sponsorships on the jerseys you see even with the Nike emblem on the baseball jerseys which eh, you don't really love you want to keep those things as clean as possible but putting a sponsorship patch on the jersey eh, just never it's no fan is ever going to like it but the one that the Mets have on there, it looks simply huge. It's just too big. It should be I have no issue with the patch. I have no issue with getting a sponsor. None whatsoever. Like you understand it. Do I love it? No. But I don't even love the sponsorship on the outfield walls. I liked it better when it just had the, you know, the National League logos or the National League flags on the outfield wall back in the 80s. That, to me, was cool. That made it fun to look at the outfield wall. Now, with the sponsorships, it's like, eh, but I get it. Everything's about money, makes the world go around, so be it. So you understand that it's going to be part of it with the jersey. But to that size, if you haven't seen a picture of it, Google it. Just Google it. It's monstrous. And I don't think you're going to be able to unsee it. I don't know. that, That bothers me. I hate that they ruin the uniforms like that. But like I said, I would be open to the idea of a patch. I just don't like the idea of the patch that big. Hopefully whatever mock-up we saw was not the actual size of that thing because it was not very appealing. You know, we mentioned the Rangers last night playing in St. Louis. I I could talk about uh, you know baseball and loving certain things about what baseball has done. One thing of hockey I don't like is the playoff format. And we were talking about this a little bit last night at the S- in the SNY newsroom off the air. Actually, I think we mentioned it on the air too. And then I think about it, the playoff format is—I don't know—it's annoying to me. You know, it, it plays into the point where we're talking about the the baseball now with the schedule more balanced without being division heavy, where it makes it more fun to watch games like the Yankees and Orioles because you're not going to see them that often. Well, in the NHL. They force feed you these division rivalries. It's almost like nothing matters outside whatever division your team is in, right? So for us here in this area, we're focused on the Metro division. And that's it. Anything else outside of the division really doesn't matter. And I don't like that. I'd rather it be one through eight the way that it used to be. And right now you'd have the Rangers taking on the Leafs and what a series that would be. Not that it's not going to be fun with the Rangers and Devils because it will be. But I want it to happen naturally. The fact that you have to break out of the division first. I don't know. I hate that idea. They tried to get too cute. I just don't like it at all. It's annoying. Islanders with a big win last night. Taking care of the Lightning just like the Rangers did the night before. As they're trying to cement their spot in the postseason. And... You know, we're going to be, it is going to be some fun around here with the three locals participating in it. Well, the five locals when you count the Knicks and Nets in their postseason, uh, you know, uh, uh, as well as the NBA's postseason will get underway next week. We'll be talking a lot about that and do a lot more Knicks, of course. But just thinking about the NHL playoff format, I hate it. I hate that idea. You've got two teams with 100 and, you know, Devils 108 Rangers 104 playing each other in the first round like that? It's even a little different with Toronto and the Lightning trying to break out of the Atlantic division. No, The the Rangers and Devil, two of the better teams, they shouldn't be playing each other in the first round like that. I just think the NHL is foolish. I don't know if they'll ever go back, but it should go back to 1 through 8. We'll go back to your calls on the other side. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Whatever is on your mind on this Friday morning we'll reset a little bit on the other side we started the show talking about the Mets and any concerns that we may have there throwing in some Yankees of course see uh you know how you feel about the Yankees at this point in the season or Volpe in particular you got the Rangers you got the Knicks there is plenty to get to I mean the we get the draft coming up when is the draft leagues Do you know exactly what the NA, with the um NFL draft end of this month right yeah it's the last week of April 27 28 okay I mean, we Whatever have that. that
4: Thursday is of that weekend.
2: Right. I mean, that's coming up soon, too. It's going to be a very busy month, really starting with next week when you get the NBA playing um getting underway. So looking forward to that as well. And look, there's going to be, I mean, at some point, we're now getting, it's getting ridiculous how we've reached April and there's still no solution here to the, or, or there's no resolution to the Aaron Rodgers drama or saga. It can't go beyond the draft, so the the window is now closing to where we're getting down to it, where they got to make a move here. Packers are going to have to bite the bullet and just make the trade.
5: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your
3: official station to talk Jets. The Fan. 1019 FM and
4: always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
2: Kind of back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number call. Whatever it is, it's on your mind on this Friday morning. I'm here for you. Me and you chatting through the overnight. A long overnight today. The five-hour show. We've had a bunch of uh, shorties this week. Two to fives with the Yankees being back. And you know now uh, now we get the long one here. And, of course, I was looking forward to this show all week, thinking that it would be reacting to Mets home opener, Yankees in Baltimore, baseball's back, nothing to worry about. And, of course, both games get postponed. Terrible. And I'm not going to be back on tonight because I'm off on, I mean, I'll be on SNY at 6 o'clock, of course. Don't miss it. Baseball night in New York following the Mets home opener. But, you know, for here, I'm done. This is my work week. I'm done at 5 o'clock this morning. So I won't be back until Monday morning, as a matter of fact. And, by the way, next week, and I don't know what the schedule here is going to be like in the future because, you know, Keith is, you know, like we said earlier, his wife is due, I guess, any moment. And when when she has the baby and he goes on paternity leave, I believe I'm going to be filling in on the evenings for him. And that could be several weeks. So I don't know when I'm going to be back on the overnights, as a matter of fact. This is it for a while. Next week, not an overnight schedule. Don't miss me too much. Tony's in the Bronx. What's up, Tony? Hey, Sal. How are you, Tony?
6: I'm good, man. I'm a long-time listener, so I got to tell you that, man. I got to give you a lot of props because I listen to you all the time. Thank you. I love how you got your own fan club, you know? I mean, it's like uh, you got your regulars that just call. You never hear them during the day. It's just you. It's like, you know, they're locked into you, man. I love that. Oh,
2: reliable, Tony. First of all, I appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate listening and taking the time to call. But, yes, we have a bunch of of reliables, which I need them to get through the overnights. It it helps having consistent callers.
6: Yeah, this is my second time calling you, but long time listener, man. Long time. Thank you. uh, I I love your show. I love your stuff. You know, the first time I called you, I told you, and I still stand by it, man. I said, everything about you is cool, except that you're a Mets fan. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And I... I can't believe it, man. I mean, I wish you were a Yankee fan. Damn, man, you'd be my favorite, man. Oh, uh, you know. I mean, don't
2: let that get in the way. Come on. And by the way, truth be told, Tony, and Tony, how old are you? Like, what years did you grow up rooting for the I, Yankees?
6: I, I'm 53, man, and I miss my dynasty Yankee dynasty. So, all right,
2: deep. so I'm 10 years younger than you, and you know, when I grew up, the Mets were the the team in this town. They were the cool team. So that's why I mean, as a young kid in the in the '80s, being six, seven years old, 1986, going to Met games—that's how it all happened. But the 43-year-old version of me, Tony, I don't hate the Yankees anymore. I root for both these teams. Don't. Yeah, yeah, I know you don't,
6: and that's cool. Hey, did you really, man, take a bunch of your college to to a Mets game? Did you really do that?
2: Well, I didn't take them. I went with everybody. Like, they paid their own way. Some of them, actually. Uh, Most of them paid their own way. I think, Stuart, we had to help him out. But, yes, we we went as a group outing to a Mets game last year.
6: Yeah, that's awesome, man. See? I mean, you're cool, man.
2: That's why Well, I we're going to try to do it again. Are you going to be in if we do it again this year, Tony? Come on.
6: <laughs> nah, man. I can't do it, man. You won't catch me at City. Well, I, I, left I left the Yanks is there. I like the Yanks is there. But, you know, your, you, your group won't be able to get tickets, man, for a live group like that, man. If it is, it'll be pricey. But, yeah, no, nah, man. I'm at, I'm, at the, I'm at Yankee Stadium, brother. That's me, man. You won't catch me at City. All right. But I called uh but I appreciate that, though, Sal. You're the best. And I'm always going to be locked into you, always. Thank man. you. I love how you drop your schedules too, man. So now I know Sunday night you're back on. you know, Sunday night to Monday morning. You know what I mean? You're on. So well, that's I'm actually
2: – I'm not. Just to clarify, I am not on the overnight at all next week. I'll be on Monday morning. I believe I'm filling in Monday morning on the oh. midday show.
6: Okay. Okay. And all
2: then right I, again, And man. then I got a bunch of evenings coming up. So – I'm I'm all over. Yeah, Fleegs, as a matter of fact, what is my schedule next week? Because, Tony, you know what? Hold on one second here. Let's just go over the schedule because it is all over the place next week. What are we looking at, Fleegs? So, Monday morning, you are a midday show with Tiki, 10 to 2. Okay, so Monday. So, I'm off Sunday night into Monday. I can enjoy Easter evening. Monday morning, I'm back to work, 10 a.m. with Tiki, filling in for BT. Okay. Then Monday night
4: you were or sorry, Tuesday night you were on after the Yankees play the Guardians okay. until two
2: o'clock. So in the Keith slot after the Yankees, after Yankees, Guardians till two AM, okay. Wednesday yeah. night, Yankees play a day
4: game, so you were on seven to twelve in the Keith slot. Well,
2: it's a long one. Wednesday's a long one, seven till midnight, okay. And then Thursday and Friday,
4: you're on after Yankees and Twins until two o'clock.
2: Okay, so there
4: we go. Yankees. So, so there,
2: there you have it, Tony. Yeah. You heard it here first. There's my complete schedule next week.
6: I'll be – are you taking calls uh, after the Yankee game on uh, on that Tuesday night? Absolutely.
2: Uh, Come on. Right. I'll be like Yankee radio. Da-da-da. <laughs> Yankees. Da- oh, did I say Yankees? Yeah, I meant I Yankees. Yeah, I love
6: that. Hey, man, uh, I called to the Yanks uh, here, you know. I mean, I love how we got up to a, a, a nice start there. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of last year. You know, I hated when uh, we got off to such a good start there. By the midway break, they're all, even before that, they're saying, all oh, comparing it to the 98 Yanks. I hated that. I'm telling you, I, I called in, man, and I told them, I said, stop that. <laughs> stop that. This is not the 98 Yanks. It is not. By far, it is not the 98 Yanks. But they were comparing it because of all the uh, records that were breaking 60-something uh, years, you know. So I hated that. But I liked how we started off on a good start, and Glaber did, too. You know, Glaber does that all the time, um, and he goes in a cold slump after that, you know? And then he comes back up and he goes in a cold slump. That's why all the Yankee fans get on him, and that's why he's trade bait for cash, you know? And that happens all the time. And he's still, uh, he's still trade bait right now. I'm sure cash is licking his chops uh, here that he's playing so well. You know, Sell high?
2: Probably- so you would sell high on Glaber yourself? You know, my
6: opinion. I would hang on to him. I would hang on to him because he has youth and he can just pop up and wake up out of nowhere and just give you what you need.
2: And dude, he's twenty six.
6: No one, you, 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 no one else. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom.
2: No, I'm saying he's twenty six. You can't give up on him, and for a second baseman,
6: I know you can't. You can't. But Cash keeps doing that. You know what I mean? And that, and in the off season, all you heard is all these anonymous executive saying that uh, cash was shopping him. And I'm sure he got back to, uh, to, uh, to toilet. And for me, my opinion is I'm watching the games and I'm watching Glaber. I don't see his, his normal smile that he always has, you know, his enthusiasm for it. I mean, you know, and so I'm sure he feels it too, but he's not doing it because it's a contract year or anything. I, I think that he's just a little bit more out to have something to prove probably. And I'm glad because we need that. But he'll go in a slump. But I don't blame him as much as the whole team. It gets me irritated because I kind of started blaming Boone for it, you know. And my uncles, who are Yankee fans. I got tons of Mets fans that are uncles and aunts to, uh sell, by the way. So it's all in the family. But, <laughs> you know, and, and they were telling me it's not Boone's fault that they're slumping. They go two, three weeks without hitting. Yeah, but it happens each and every year. My only goal this year for a Yankee fan, I don't. Care. I want to make the postseason, of course, and win the World Series. But I can't wait. I don't even get my hands on the Astros until August 3rd. You know, I got to wait until August, the beginning of August, to get my hands on the Stros. It's just beating the Stros. It's That's it for me, beating the Stros, And that's all I got. I, I have to have goals. And that's what I have, Sal. So what do you think about
2: that? Well, I think you got to have higher goals than just beating the Strohs. I mean, I get it, but there might be other teams in the way, Tony. And thank you for the call and for the kind words. Maybe we'll do a Yankee outing this year. you got to get the Yankee fans involved, too. You don't want to set foot in City Field? I understand it. I'll come to the Bronx as long as you welcome me. But I think you have to have higher goals than just beating the Astros. It's about winning the World Series, getting to and winning a World Series. I know that generally it's going to go through Houston, and that's been the case where the Yankees have gotten eliminated by the Astros for, what, three years trying to get to the World Series. 2017, 2019, and then again last year in the ALCS. So I understand the frustration with Houston, and yes, you want to beat the Astros, but we got the Rays in the division who are off to a hot start. You know, Toronto's going to be tough. Seattle could be difficult. I get it. How do you feel, Marco, as a Yankee fan yourself? The Astros, you really don't even care about that. You just want to get to a World Series.
7: I don't care about it. This is not about revenge. This is about winning. Yeah. This is not about, I always say, this is not about trying to stop somebody else from winning. It's about winning yourself. Right. This is where you don't want to, I don't care about taunting. I don't care about your unhappiness. I care about my happiness. Right. That's the difference.
2: Hmm. I'm trying to think. Sometimes I like other people's unhappiness.
7: Look, I if they can go hand-in-hand, hand, that's what you want. <laughs> right.
2: I want to be happy and make you miserable in the process. Right.
7: But if your misery can, you know, be hand-in-hand, hand, great. If not, if I'm still unhappy, then I don't really care whether you're miserable or not.
2: Right. Like, if you beat the—let's just say the Astros aren't there when the Yankees get to the ALCS and the Yankees get to a World Series. What do you care? Doesn't take anything away. Right.
7: And, well, again, and if they beat the Astros and get to the World Series yeah. and
2: lose, that doesn't help either. Yeah, that's true. Well, what if you beat the Astros and then win the World Series?
7: That's— that's what you want. That's, that's the, the complete package. Yeah. That's the. Like, but doesn't always work that's that's what you want. If
2: you could beat any National League team, is, is there one? Like, do you want the Dodgers? you want the Mets? Who would it be in the yeah, World Series? I don't, Series? Care. I don't, don't care. care.
7: Look, it's great if you tell me afterwards that it's over. Sure. You beat the Astros and you beat the Mets and, you know, you wrap the whole thing up in a nice big bow and you take the whole season. Well, that's could, great.
2: If I could ask you to map out your perfect postseason format. Or, oh, then or, sure.
7: Then you want to take out the Red Sox. You want to take out the Astros. Right. You
2: want to take out the Mets. So you do want the Mets. Dun dun dun. Look at you, you med-hater. Hey. I don't know if I would say I want the Yankees. No. See, now nah, I'm going to call the BS. Pull it back. You think I Your would? Your
7: absolute 100% dream scenario, the teams that you got to go through to win a World
2: Series, the Yankees aren't in there? Maybe. Liar. Let me think about it. Liar. Younger me for sure. Liar. No, because the part of me, well, if I knew I'm going to win, I that's guess that's what I'm saying. I know, but still, even the experience, like I just wanted to enjoy a World Series, not a Subway Series. Liar, there's a big difference. Yeah, I also think we're Liar. at the point now. He might
4: want the Yankees for Sal. It would mean more if the Mets got through the Braves. Oh yeah, right, year. but so, that's on the
7: road, so that's what I'm saying. So you got the Braves. Who, who else you want? You want the Dodgers? Like, so who do you want? Um, you want I'm looking
2: at it now, Fleeks. Who would be who would be the perfect first round opponent? Like I want, I guess the dream. Oh, no, I'll tell you. Well, there's two
4: in the National League. Assume you know, assuming we're tossing out the wild cards. Phillies, card. Braves. No, 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 Cardinals, Braves. Yeah, I hate the Cardinals. You're right. Okay, I hate the Cardinals. Fine. If you're adding a third in, it would be Phillies. So you do Phillies or you know Braves first. Cardinals, the other one of these. How teams. about
2: this? So how about this scenario? I don't even know if this is actually possible. Let's say Mets, Phillies, wild uh, wild card game. Right. They still have those. Yes, they oh, do. Wild, wild card, wild card series. series. Two out of three. Yes. Uh, okay, so Mets beat the Phillies in the wild-card series. Mets play the Cardinals in the divisional round. Okay. Wipe the floor with them. And then championship series take the Braves
4: out. And at that point, right. if they're in the wild-card series, you'd be beating those teams all presumably when they have home field, mm-hmm. which would make it even sweeter.
7: Right. I- and then you're telling me you wouldn't wrap that up with a bow with the Yank? There's somebody else in the American League? You want to see the Twins? Liar.
2: Who do I want? Who do I want if not the Yankees? Liar. No, not the Twins, not the Astros. There's nobody. Sal, no, listen. Like so, as a Mets fan, it, especially because there's no real
4: link to any other American League team, like does getting revenge on the Royals from 2015 with no, no. players on the same team, like does that do anything? No, it's the Yankees because you want to be able to stop two thousand back in their face. There might be one there. There might be one team. Oh this yeah, year. yeah, yeah, with a certain pitcher on that team. Liar.
2: Maybe the There's Texas no way. Rangers there is and no take way. take out Jacob deGrom. I guess the truth is it really doesn't matter to Fleek's point. Like there isn't that hated rival that you want. So it would be the Yankees, I guess. I just
4: no. you want the Yankees. But listen, at the end of the day, the, the Mets fan, I mean, you give a Mets fan a World Series. They don't care if they exactly. had to play three AAA teams to get there.
7: Right. And that's the point from the start. If you, you want to win. Then you're talking about dream scenario with I can guarantee you win. Who would you like to defeat on the road? Then it's a different conversation. Well, how if about Boston.
4: Tell me, what do you you mean? already did. If you're a Mets fan, you already did I that. Know, but then you get the nostalgic no, feels of '86 Park. So, no, 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 so no, it's punk, it, it, it's, it's it, still the same every stadium. Real, every real Mets fan there is t- is saying, "Come the back to me.
7: Come back to me." There's no way, and I don't want to hear the Jacob deGrom nonsense either. Come on, he was your guy. He I'll went be a couple sweet of war- to beat deGrom. Oh, great, tremendous. That's better than beating the Yankees. Garbage. So you wouldn't
2: want the Dodgers, though? You'd rather have the Mets than the Dodgers? Dream scenario? Yeah. yeah. What do I, I like care Yankee, about the Dodgers? A Yankees, Dodgers, it used to be a big rivalry. Yankees- what about 106? I'm worried about <laughs> Brooklyn from 1955. <1955? laughs> I don't care. 106? Like 70s or 80s? I don't care. And plus, didn't you remember Reggie Jackson? And by the way, did either of you watch that Reggie special? On, I did. On Prime? I did. What would you think of it? Very good. I didn't,
7: unfortunately, learn all that much. Well, how about The only this? thing that I learned was I didn't know about that bid for the A's with the Bud Selig thing and uh, him getting screwed over by Major League Baseball to become an owner. That part I didn't How remember.
2: about, because I'm sure you heard the same stuff like even behind the scenes in the business with Reggie for years. Like he was such a jerk and mm-hmm. not a nice guy. Yeah. Well, he kind of showed that, but also there was, I felt like, reason for it. Oh, Yeah. But I, I, I
7: kind of knew some of that stuff, so I. Not, I didn't. I guess I'm not I super, never. No, because I mean, like he made it pretty much well known, and it was kind of the idea of like, look, you, you didn't like me. You wanted, you wanted to put everything on me because I was flashy and I was showy, but also because you know I was a black man in America. You put it on me. Right. There was a lot of it that I had to go through, and I get it. I. I I listened and, to that story before. I thought it was impressive. And, and
2: the fact that he was making millions of dollars w- where many players weren't. So the Yankees oh yeah. kind of resented him for how much he made. And, where he's just like... Oh, and Billy Martin didn't want him right yeah. from the get-go. Joe Rudy, I think he wanted it, if I remember right. He's, he's basically like, I'm just doing like what everybody should be doing. I'm getting paid a lot of money to play. I'm here to play. And they didn't treat him like part of the team because he was making more money.
7: Yeah, but I mean, there was also too. like He got a little bit more... It, it was in the beginning, but him and Munson were actually close by the time Munson died. I mean, I don't—they didn't say it in this in this documentary. Right. I don't know if you the story, but like he was supposed to be with Munson on that plane.
2: Oh no, I didn't know. Thurman
7: that. invited him on the plane because he was like, "I'm going to go back. It was a day off or whatever. I'm going to head over to Cleveland. You want to come with me to whatever?" And there were
2: no other players obviously on the plane. Yeah,
7: and Reggie was like, "Yeah, you know, I think I'm just going to do like he was invited. He he should have been or could have been on that plane with Thurman. And Reggie was also too like, "How many hours have you had?" Like, you know, in the air, he was kind of a little hesitant. Right. I've heard that story numerous times from Reggie Jackson. And he was like, "Yeah, hey, you know what? And I don't think that was the reason, but he was just like, now nah, I'm going to do what I do. And,
2: and there you go. And how about the idea where we are current day with Reggie, where he was basically, like, going to hell, like, yeah. I want to have my voice yeah. heard. I want to be here with the Yankees, but I want to have my voice heard not just be an ornament for where players could be like, oh, my God, Reggie Jackson. Right. And then Houston actually gives him what he wants.
7: Yeah, you know what? I'm, it's nice to see that the Astros did that. Um From all the talk from what it seemed like, I'm surprised it took Reggie as long as it did because I felt like that he was that for a long time with the Yankees. It was not just at the end with Hal. Like, I think it was brewing
2: for a long time. So so why not? Did he not have this opportunity before? I mean, I
7: don't know. Obviously, I'm not there. I don't know what all the, the inner workings are. But I do feel like the Yankees at some point a long time ago turned the page to the analytics and they weren't looking for... The older players. I mean, this this kind of changed under the Tory at the end of the regime. Even when everybody was getting on Guidry, you're not doing enough with the analytics with pitching. You're going by your feel and what you think, and that's not how the game is played anymore. So I feel like there was a turn in the late 2000s, and Reggie was part of that.
2: Was Reggie ever your guy or you're too young?
7: Too young. Okay. Too young. So like I'll be the, honest. I'll, I remember Reggie more on the Angels than I do anywhere else.
2: Like early? Yeah, like w- when w- he left
7: the Yankees in 81, That's I'm right around like 84-ish when I'm starting to watch. So I read right. Reggie with like Don Baylor and the Angels yeah. and a little bit with the Yankees too when Don Baylor was there in 85.
2: 86 tops.
7: Yeah, like that kind of stuff. And and then, you know,
2: he goes back to Oakland. I think Actually, 85 tops. I remember the Reggie card, 85 tops with the Angels. And
7: then he finished. I mean, I saw Reggie as an old man. He had a couple of good years with the Angels that I remember. And then he was with the A's and he was done by what,
2: 90? I must kill the queen. Right. Yeah. I
7: think of him more in the naked gun. <laughs>
2: right. But I came across liking him. I'm glad I watched it. I did learn because I didn't know the whole... I didn't know a lot of the stories, and I got his perspective on things. The Bud Selig story, though,
7: if him if you haven't watched this, definitely watch this documentary because it's great. Even it's called you know Reggie the stories,
2: on Prime. Yeah,
7: tremendous. A great job by Prime and a great job by Reggie to tell the stories and uh to go back, you know, love that even when him sitting with Hank Aaron, some of the stories that they're telling. Yeah. It's awesome. I did not know, and I saw this with another interview with Reggie, I think on Howard Stern, when he was talking about the whole thing with owning a baseball team. I knew I remember Reggie trying. I didn't realize that he was as close as he was, and Bud Selig basically pulled the rug out from under him from buying How could do a's. That
2: when he had the backers that he did, right? B- yeah, mega- Bill Gates. Yeah, right. Um, oh, who was that? Steve Jobs. It was something where it, it was like. He had like, a bunch of yeah, like. Paul like
7: Allen. It was kind of like, what are you
2: kidding me? Well-known, right. big name, right. high money.
7: And it was the A's. I mean, you're buying the A's. You're telling me with high money, you know, you could have actually restored that franchise. And there was no good reason for it. Uh, I mean, you listen to Reggie, and you hear the reason for it. They wanted him out. They didn't want Reggie to be part of this whole thing. The old, you know, the good old boy network. Right. I don't know that to be true, and it wound up that Bud Selig's apparently, is college buddy, right. was the one that wound up buying the A's at that. Yeah,
2: point. Bud Selig. I don't. So who don't the hell like knows? But
7: that story, I didn't know. I don't know how that didn't get leaked. And he talked about suing, and he didn't. And I'm not, I'm surprised that either it didn't get out, or I just flat out missed it over the last 20 years and did not see that. Yeah. That was interesting. Very interesting.
2: Yeah, good stuff if you're into that. Even, like you said, even though you and I are young, too, a little too young to appreciate what Reggie did with the Yankees, we know the history oh, yeah. and I think that brings just a different side of it where you get to see Reggie uh, discuss his career and his life.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...